What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard, it's business. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're engaged, and we like to get scared together. Yeah, welcome back. Yeah, welcome to 2020. Mm -hmm. We're going to start this year off with a gross-ass movie. Yeah. Real nasty little movie based on a nasty short story (laughs) written by Stephen King and his son, Joe Hill. Mm Mm-hmm. Imagine writing this with your dad. Yeah. No, I can. I can totally imagine it for these two. Absolutely. Like, what are those brainstorming sessions? Anyway, hey, happy new year. Thanks for sticking with us through 2020. I guess I'll go over like, because people were wondering what the podcast schedule is going to be like this year. Um, I mean, I don't see it being too different. I think the only difference is I'm going to be doing less like research heavy ones because those take the most time, which you know, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and I, so I don't want to do any that like deserve more work than I'm able to put into them. I still want to do a couple big ones this year, but besides that, you know, we'll be doing movie reviews and maybe some more fluffy ones. And which, some interviews. Yeah. We'll do interviews and stuff too. Yeah. So I guess just expect less like extremely work intensive ones. Mm-hmm. So, but that's it. I mean, I'm still basically going to release once a week. I don't see that changing. You know, barring weeks where we're out doing stuff. Yeah. So, yep. There you go. Cool. There you go. All right. So let's talk about In the Tall Grass, which came out now last year. It came out 2019 Mm. on Netflix. The uh, novella was written, or the short story, I guess, was written in two parts in Esquire magazine in 2012. Yeah. I think it counts as a novella. I think it's long enough. Okay. I don't really know the how you delineate what's a novella, what's a short story. Mm-hmm. You can read this in one setting. It's a its own thing, too. Is that really a thing? I don't know if I just made up that word or not. <laughs> <A> novelito. <laughs> novelito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can definitely read it in one sitting. Uh, I, I did. did. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I read this at night because I couldn't sleep, and then that didn't help. <laughs> it's not even that it's necessarily that scary. It's just some of the imagery in it is just so gross. I think the first half is spooky and because it's like two parts. The second half is more like horror. Yeah. And it's less scary to me. Mm-hmm. It feels more, uh, uh, I don't know, comic booky. Uh, the guy who Patrick Wilson plays in this, in the in the short story, he's too ridiculous for me. When he shows up, I'm like, okay. He's a little, yeah, I was shocked when I realized, oh, that's who Patrick Wilson is playing. He's very different in the movie. Yes, yeah. So we'll we'll be talking both about the the novella and the movie on Netflix. I mm, think they're different enough. They're very different. They added a lot to the movie. I mean, yeah. You have to. Yeah, it's both to its benefit and it's detriment yeah yeah because the short story is very simple it's brother and sister cal and becky Mm -hmm. hear a kid screaming in the grass and they pull over and they go inside the grass to help him Mm -hmm. and then the first half is pretty much that it's descriptions of them getting lost in the grass them yelling for each other and they can't find each other and it was weird how i realized this movie's very quickly just barreling through the plot of the short story, which is why I was like, what is the rest of this going to be? Yeah. We were like 15 minutes in and already at parts where I knew it was, you know, maybe like three quarters of the way through the original stories. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Definitely. Which was a fun thing. I was worried it would be, you know, pretty by the numbers. We're going to adapt this pretty straight up. Mm -hmm. So I was pleasantly surprised that I had no idea what was going to happen. I will say that reading the novella ahead of time, uh, knowing that we were doing this, I was reading it and thinking, how are they going to do this? Yeah. And they added a bunch of stuff as the answer to that, including an entirely new character. Well, I guess- Kind of. He's technically- He is. I get You hear him over the phone in a flashback scene in the novella, Mm -hmm. and that is Becky's uh, ex-boyfriend, I guess, and the father. uh, She is pregnant. She's, I believe, 
six months she they say in the movie months. yeah i don't think it's specified in the novella because uh when she begins to have the baby spoiler alert in the novella she never uh thinks oh this is too early or anything she's just like i'm going to have this baby here right so she may be more pregnant in the novella anyway the character travis is her uh ex-boyfriend yeah. i presume and who baby daddy and baby daddy and yeah. he is a large part of the movie he's a very big he's part of this movie which i'm still character. he might kind of be dude i don't know how i feel about it yeah yeah so basically the the original main characters in the short story are yeah cal and becky brother and sister and they are road tripping out to san diego while she is pregnant she's going to give the baby to a family in san diego to right. keep yeah yeah and is that the case in the story too i don't remember it's it been, is that's okay. why they're ma- or it's uh i believe it's their aunt and uncle and I think she might be going out there to stay with them. I don't know if she's giving up the baby, but that's they, what I thought. Is yeah, it's, yeah. So, but they're definitely heading from the East Coast to San Diego, cross country road trip, mm-hmm. and they find themselves in Kansas. And it's the Middle America that King loves to write about when he's not writing about Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Children, Children of the, the Corn is in Nebraska, but very close yeah they literally say i think you're heading towards nebraska kid in mm-hmm. this uh, i think in both the novel yeah and, the... and i think it plays i don't remember if, if, if in the short story this plays a part but they mention a few times in this that they're in like the literal dead center of the united states that's right here. that's not mentioned as much in the short story it is uh kind of made to be a point in the movie and i looked it up the geographical center of the contiguous united states is in fact in kansas and i would like but us I, to visit it sometime i do think it's funny though if if that's a thing where okay this rock they find a giant rock Rock's it, important. it literally is like the big rock that spongebob rides around in that episode where they deliver pizza you know talking about it's not a boulder it's, it's a, a rock. rock. It's like that size and shape and everything. Yeah. And then when, yeah, when SpongeBob touches it, he gains all otherworldly knowledge of <laughs> Bikini Bottom. Uh, but no, they find this rock that is supposed to be just like right in the middle of the U.S. But also they say, oh, it's been here since before. They're like, is it Native American? No, it's been here since like before. It's like older than. But why is it at the center of the United States? This like artificially uh, he, he does say the center of the continent as well. So it's not. Oh, in our, okay. That might check out. The U.S. is pretty central between. I know Canada's got a lot of land That's mass what I'm up saying. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of hilarious that, you well, know. Patty Wilson does say center of the U.S., center of the continent. So he gives it. But that's not in the short story at all. Yeah, uh, something yeah. that is in the short story that's lacking in here is all the road trip fun that they get up to. Yeah, they, where they go visit stupid roadside it's the biggest ball of twine. Yeah. And in fact, uh, Patrick Wilson's character has a shirt from that place. Mm-hmm. And so do some characters at the end who aren't in the movie. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a, this thing is grabbing people who are doing the Kichi road trip. We were candidates for it then. Yeah. We would have absolutely gotten sucked into the tall grass in this story <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. So, so basically they are, yeah. So they're in Kansas and they're, um, they hear a kid uh, Cal and Becky, that is, the brother and sister. They hear yes. a kid while they're pulled over on the side of the road yelling from the grass. He says his name is Tobin. His Another voice calls him Tobin, his mother's voice. That's right. Because Tobin is yelling for help. He's mm-hmm. lost in there. But his mom's voice is saying, no, Tobin, don't yell out to them. Like, don't. Don't bring them yeah. in here. He'll hear you and find you. This is when you drive away and call <laughs> the police yeah for sure easier said than done i guess instead cal enters the grass with a very stephen king line captain cal to the rescue there's a lot of stephen king dialogue in this and i think that's often where stephen king adaptations it really makes or breaks it you gotta be careful you gotta yeah you have to adapt those choices with discretion (laughs) yeah especially when and, and this stuck out to me in the short too is like this is set now, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like set 2010s. Uh, and these characters are college kids. And they're reciting limericks to each other. Well, in the short story, it's explained. She, like, majored in limericks or something. She shit. had, like, a, a paper on limericks. Okay. So she had done some research. In this, no explanation No, no, no we're just given. doing, yeah. There once was a man named McSweeney. Yeah. I forget how the rest of it goes. Uh, he poured uh, some gin, gin on, on his, his weenie. weenie. And feeling uncouth. Couth. 
added a bit of vermouth and, and slipped, slipped his, his girl, girl a martini, <laughs> which is just, it's so Stephen King. Yeah. There's also Patrick Wilson saying like, I know you don't know me from Adam. And yeah. Like, you a- don't know me from Adam is such a Stephen King. And yeah. then also real estate's my game, which oh, he, yeah, says he says several times. times, not even part of a rhyme or anything. He doesn't even do the, you know, no, he, I think he does. No, he like, does. But then later he oh, yeah. just says real estate's my, like we all know the first part. So whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Boy. So, yeah, they go into the grass. Cal goes in first. Uh, she try. Becky tries to use her phone to call, but as few steps into the grass, that's gone. Yep. And then they're lost. They're in the grass, and they're lost. Which they- is terrifying. Yeah, because this grass is taller than them. Yeah. They're calling out to each other, but the voices keep changing where it's coming from, left to right. And then here's the thing is uh, the thing that like the moment that really solidifies that something is supernatural about this is when they decide to jump on three so they can see where each other are. And I will note that in the movie, it's Becky's idea. In the short story, it's Cal's. Yeah, okay. They gave her a few lines of his. Sure. But uh, yeah, so they do one, two, three, they jump and they see each other and they're pretty close. And they're like, okay, let's do it again. One, two, three, and they jump. And they're way farther away. For some reason, the moment in the movie didn't hit as hard as I wanted it to. It's done in slow motion, but it's like, I don't know, just the way it was shot. It, mm. I don't know. This is done by, what's his name? The guy who did Cube and yes, Split. He did, yes, Cube and Split of Vincenzo Natale. Okay, so he did this. I was wondering this entire movie, what would it be like if Mike Flanagan did it? I mean, he's he's good at adapting Stephen King. We know that. And Stephen King, that is supposed to be unfilmable with That's Gerald's Game. Very true. Which is, uh, after rewatching it recently, I think one of the best horror movies that came out that year. It's yeah. just so good. And still to this day, the one um, gory effect that I felt like I was going to pass out, and that never happens. It's I'm pretty very bad. okay with gore. Like I, I'll get grossed out, but I'm never viscerally affected but that I started feeling like that's headed. one of those scenes where I'm just like having some kind of physical outlet yeah. like hitting something yeah, like to just get through my it. hands yeah well, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh I wonder if it was ever given to him as an option and he was like no I can't because it's a weird story it's hard to adapt very hard um because it the I will say I'll, I need to remember to include Joe Hill when I'm bringing up the short story mm-hmm, too it's mm-hmm. easy to just say Stephen King yeah. but uh, it's both of them it's it's so much description of grass and yeah. which is great to read because it is terrifying it's very effective it is really effective it's and the you know just the meandering descriptions of grass it gives you the feeling of being lost in it you know it's just kind of never ending and samey same 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 for a long time it's like that's the feeling of walking around in this sea of grass where nothing is visually different and it's creepy, but how do you convey that in film? It's hard. I don't yeah. like, I give this credit. I think it, it has a very low Rotten Tomatoes score, which I think is a little bit undeserved. It has like a 38 or something. Yeah. And like, I guess I get it knowing exactly how Rotten to- Tomato scores are calculated because it's not people thinking it's a three out of 10 movie. Right. It's, three out of 10 critics thought that it wasn't good. Right. Which, like a negative review can be. It can be like a five. It can be like. It could be it like. A, it was it, it like just kind of missed the mark, but it wasn't bad. But yeah. that's still kind of counted as a bad review. Yeah. People don't. Quite and good reviews that. can be like it was fine. Exactly. Yeah. So something could be like 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but all the reviews are like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine yeah. Uh, I think the movie is very middle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't, I, I wouldn't call it bad. I wouldn't maybe call it good. No, me either. <laughs> it's tough. Sometimes it feels like a music video with the sure uh, it does the camera effects oh, they do. There was a concept artist that worked on this. I meant to to look up his name before. Um, which is interesting. You bring up the, uh, yeah, they had a manga artist oh. do the concept art, and I remember looking at the concept art before I saw this, and it was really creepy. Um, it's so, got some creepy visuals to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, some added visuals that are not a thing in the short, which is kind of cool. A lot of uh, macro photography, like super close up on bugs and water droplets mm-hmm. and stuff, and uh, like slow motion. Uh, it, it did feel very music video at times. Yeah, you definitely always get the sense that something is watching. 
which is neat, especially those yeah, zoom-ins on grass because there's so much living stuff in there that you would never notice from far away. And I love the overhead shots of all the grass too. Oh, the, that first shot that opens it is great. Yeah. It's just this huge overhead that slowly goes in. It's like a sea of grass. It's yeah, great. It's you really, really get the sense that this, the, all of it is like a living thing. Yeah. you know yeah. that it you could you know you get shots from overhead and it's like the grass is breathing more so you know explicitly later on it's mm-hmm. lots of like heavy breathing with grass and it looks really nice i yeah. want to know how they did a lot of that because it doesn't look fake it looks real like it looks like wind is really blowing it like that i don't know i like it so they run into pretty quickly on i would say maybe 15 minutes or less into the film they uh run into patrick wilson oh my god who says I'm Tobin's daddy. I'm Tobin's daddy. <laughs> yes. Now, in the, the in the short story, he's not introduced until the very beginning of the second half. Yeah. You start that that first half is and just he, them looking for the boy. It is a it is a um to bring up another King reference. It is a Stephen Weber versus Jack Nicholson situation where now it's the reverse almost. It is, yeah. Because in the short, you meet this dad and he's crazy right off the bat and he's scary. In the novella, yeah, he comes in, he's like, hey, he's immediately, oh, this guy's a fucking psycho. Yeah, he's already um, kind of flipped. He's already... He touched the rock. And and that's why, like, I didn't like his character in the short story. It's too much, he's too, too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, he is terrifying, though. He's like a shark, I think. Ooh. You know, he's just... He's all, he always knows where you're at, and it's it's creepy. He's not he's always moving. Yeah. Uh, but in this, we meet Patrick Wilson before he touches the, the rock, and... Or at least he's doesn't act like he's it. not as outwardly yeah maybe the potentials there. it's hard to tell because this movie adds a little time element because yes. the short story doesn't really no, have that. but this one we're doing time loops guys and, and i, I kind of love a good time loop. i'm a sucker for time and loop you know stuff. what this guy uh vincenzo natale did cube which mm-hmm. i fucking love cube and you know i think he he it makes sense to me that he made this more of a psychological thing than maybe the short. The short is a bit more, I don't know how to describe it. There's less, you know, like, like mind fuckery. Yes, yes. This is very, uh, they added a lot of mind fuckery elements. Yeah. Which, I mean, we once did a double hitter of Looper and 12 Monkeys. No, Primer. I'm sorry. Primer and 12 Monkeys. Yeah. That'll just make really your ears fuck bleed. You your brain yeah. just leak out of your ears. <laughs> Primer's great. Is that that's not a horror? I was like, could we no, review? No, that is not horror. hard sci-fi. It's extremely hard sci-fi. <laughs> that is mathematics science. I fiction. love. Oh, it was great. It's another of my favorite genres. Not just sci-fi, but like hard sci-fi, like mm. Moon. I feel like is hard oh, sci-fi. Yeah, moon. Where we're dealing with conceptual shit. <laughs> Jacob is Jacob's ladder. No, Jacob- Jacob's ladder is its own thing. It's its own thing. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, 12 Monkeys, yeah, that kind of stuff. Anyway. Yeah, so Becky finds Patrick Wilson. Yes. Who is Ross. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, meanwhile, Cal, after finding a dead dog. Ooh, that's gross. That like swarm of flies. Oh, yeah, that? gross flies. It's a nasty flies. looking effect. With a tag Very that says good. Freddy on it. Freddy's dead, baby. Freddy's dead, uh, yeah. <laughs> he runs into the kid, Tobin. Tobin. Who is not the same kid who's in It Chapter 2, Luke Rossler. Kind of looks like he him. He looks like him. A little yeah. bit skateboard kid. Yeah, skateboard kid. I do want to talk about the extreme dad energy radiating from Patrick Wilson in this. Um, he Especially when he gets out of the car before they're in the grass. Yes, that's exactly what I'm about to talk about. He's wearing a pink polo shirt tucked into his pants, which I think are khakis. I don't quite remember, but definitely with a belt. Just a mustache. Just a mustache. Um, Probably tennis shoes. I wasn't paying close attention, but... You know, and, and he's on the on phone. The phone about Dude, he said the word. He said the word escrow. I got chills. What is that? It's like you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly could not explain to you what escrow is. Is it a thing? Yeah. But I mean, is it like a uh, a tangible? Is it like no, a- no, no? It's it's a financial bullshit. Oh, okay, okay. Thing. That's why I'm like, I don't know. I can't yeah. explain escrow. Nope. <laughs> How do you explain? I like just now, I feel like like two years after seeing the big short was finally able to understand what it means to short the stock market. I can't tell you what escrow means. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) It's all fake. Uh... (laughs) Tobin, the kid, runs into Cal and he has a dead bird in his hands. And he's like, uh, the, the field doesn't move dead stuff. Yeah. And he said he knows who Becky is and how the he she and Cal are related. And he says the Rock told me. Yeah. Also, your sister is gonna die soon. Oh, Bye. Yeah. And I guess we learned that 
their family was also lured in by someone yelling. Oh, yeah. 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 So as far as we can tell, it's this endless chain of people being lured in by someone yelling and then they in turn yell for someone and it just goes on forever and ever. I do like that he says The Rock told me that Becky's your sister because I just imagined Dwayne Johnson being like, now listen here, there's a candy ass named Cal walking in here and he's got a jabroni sister named Becky. Dude, I was going to say, when you touch The Rock, it tells you where all the jabronis are. <laughs> Finally, The Rock has come back to the <laughs> geographical center of the contiguous <laughs> United States. The best is like Patrick Wilson becomes this radicalized member of the Church of the Rock. And yeah. he's like the Rock's manager and is hype manning him the entire last half of this movie. He is pumping up the Rock, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's, see, oh, that's a good version of this where they go into that little clearing, but it's the Rock just sitting there. Yeah. Just... You gotta like rub his bald head and gain all the knowledge of the field of grass. Oh, man. He's been there since before time existed. <laughs> That's why he still looks the same. Yeah. Gotta remake this. Let's get WWE Productions to let us remake this. They've made horror movies. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So I think around here, and this is going to get confusing right off the bat because we're dealing with time loops and we're dealing with stuff that's all happening at once. So we're, I think around here, they find Becky's. No, 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 no. Uh, it, they, they hear Becky screaming. Yeah. Cal like goes into the grass to find her, and it fades to black, and then we meet Travis. That's right. Okay. Yeah, because it was like, who the fuck is this guy in a pickup yeah, truck? Yeah, so all of a sudden we cut to Travis, who I was confused because when I was Googling this movie, because I just read the short and I wanted to know, like, oh, who did they cast in this? Looking at the production stills, I thought that the guy playing Travis was the brother so i was very confused when i initially saw cal the brother i'm like so wait then who's this other dude that shows up yeah because he's not a character really in the novella i think i feel of two ways about this character one it's it's a good addition to like add some we get to learn a little bit more about becky and her past because of the addition of this character but also we get less time with Cal and Becky. Yeah. I want to know more about them. At least in the short, like you mentioned, we get the road trip stuff and we get that the they're very close. They're very close. They're called Irish twins, which I think could be thought of as derogatory. But have you? do you know that term? Uh-uh. It is uh, siblings born within a year of each other. Uh, in reference to how Irish people tend to procreate, yeah, I was a about lot. to say like, no, that or, has to be derogatory. Or Catholic twins. I was going to say, term. okay, but uh, they're not quite that. They're like 19 months apart, so it wouldn't be fully accurate to right. to use that term uh, if you felt inclined to use that term. But uh, yeah, they're they're very close in almost a weird way, and it's only. It gets brought up like once later in the movie, and it doesn't really have as much heft to it because in the novel, it's it's like yeah. Right, at, right off the bat, it's like, oh, they finish each other's thoughts. And yeah, stuff. and I wanted more of his kind of obsessive nurturing of her because that's part of the tension between them a bit is he is really overprotective and his desire to constantly be taking care of her ultimately culminates in like the most fucked up moment in this where I didn't get that kind of progression here. That I, that's like the climax of his obsessive need. I actually think the movie does it better in the second half of the movie than like, like the payoff of that is better in the movie than in the no, uh, novella. But I think the setup is lacking a little bit in the movie. Sure. Because in because without Travis in the novella, you don't have as much just on the face of it. Cal almost jealous question mark mm-hmm. of uh this relationship mm-hmm. that his sister has whereas in the movie you do have that like him I mean right away when Travis finds them at one point he starts like criticizing Travis's actions like you didn't think to call anyone or like he he's very critical yeah right because off the we bat. learn uh apparently we cut to Travis and he's looking for Becky and Cal and yeah. we learn that they've been missing for two months two months so he's going around with a picture of them and he mm-hmm. finds their car parked next to that church that's across from the the field. And, and then he he goes into the grass. I 
don't think he hears anyone. Does he just go in on his own or does he hear Tobin? Um, I, I am not quite sure. I forget. I think, I think he just, he sees that their car is parked there and like where else yeah, so uh, in any case, he winds up in the grass and then finds Tobin, who says, Tobin says that they already know each other. Yeah, he knows Travis. He, he knows, knows that they're looking, looking for, for Yeah. And he's like, I'll come show her. I'll show you I'll her. show you. Are you sure you want to see her, though? And yeah, yeah, please show me Becky. And that's when we see her dead body. Yeah, and so it's, she's but dead. it's like wasted away. And all. it's like 25 minutes into the movie or a half yeah, hour into the so movie. Yeah, so I'm and just I'm like, like what the fuck? all right, we're <laughs> off the rails now because we have this character that isn't a thing in the original. So I was kind of excited mm-hmm. to not really know what's gonna happen hey you want to talk about this week's sponsor and (laughs) i just realized such a weird sponsor for this episode hello friends yeah yum yum eat it up (laughs) yummy Mm, the the perfect episode we're thinking about food (laughs) but honestly who could be grossed out even within this context, thinking about the delicious food that HelloFresh offers you. Uh, they can deliver it straight to your home. Right it's to your front door. pretty nice. It is. They even have like vegetarian options, which is what we do, because I don't eat red meat. And those are good. Those are. are not just... You not know, salads. Not just salads. I, there, it's a misconception that people who don't eat meat just want to eat salads all the time. I, most of the time, don't like salad. <laughs> <laughs> but when they do send salads, they're pretty good. They have, like, a variety of things in them. Mm-hmm. It takes about 30 minutes, too, to make the meals, which is nice because cooking is time-consuming. And we are folks who don't have much time to do stuff. <laughs> Got a little bit more now. That's but, true, yeah. But it is nice to be able to not spend that cooking. Because, you know, most of the time, I'm just hungry at that moment. That's the thing is <laughs> nobody wants to have to plan ahead to eat when you want to eat you want to eat yeah so hello fresh makes it so 30 minutes later yeah you're eating and everything is shipped to you in recyclable materials so that's nice or the the stuff is already recycled like it's repurposed stuff. yeah this is a good way to combat food waste too because everything is pre-proportioned for you everything's yep. measured so you don't have to worry about like oops i bought 50 eggplants and i didn't use all of them i hate it when i buy 50 eggplants. i i thought i wanted to eat eggplant parmesan all week turns out i don't yeah and now all these are going in the trash <laughs> you don't have to worry about that with HelloFresh. uh so Right now, HelloFresh now is it starts from five sixty six per serving. Mm. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, dude, try to get a good meal for five sixty six. That's fast food prices, mm-hmm. and this is definitely not fast food. It's no. fast, but like you know. But it's fresh food. Yeah. So if you want to try HelloFresh, it's the perfect time because now they're doing a New Year's sale. So you get uh, 10 free meals, including free shipping, if you go to HelloFresh.com slash DeadMeat10. Nice. Yeah. That's so much free food. Yeah, it is. Especially if you know you got your resolution. It's the New Year. You want to eat a little bit healthier. This would be a good way to kickstart that. Maybe get in the habit of like cooking some healthier stuff. Get rid of the fast food. Learn some cool cooking techniques. Thanks to HelloFresh. Yeah. In like an affordable way too, which is... Nice. So yeah. again, that's HelloFresh.com slash DeadMeat10. Go there, get your 10 free meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't eat grass. Don't eat grass. The problem with the, the movie and why we may seem confused with our notes is it's constantly going from night to day. And I mean, that's intentional. I think it's meant to help confuse you with the time thing going on, but it is difficult to try to like recall and summarize like what happens and yeah yeah because next thing you know travis finds cal and becky alive and they're right. all talking and, and that's like a few minutes after he found becky's dead body yeah yeah i think around here is when we're starting to get some hints that patrick wilson's character is not uh all that he he seems because he basically snaps at his wife and is like well maybe if you'd been a better mother we wouldn't have burp, 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 burp. like yeah. <laughs> oh boy we're getting some some my bitch wife vibes oh yeah because at some point it goes back to show when they arrived outside the field oh, and yeah. got out of the car and then i think it was the dog uh freddie who ran into the trees yeah. tobin goes after him the parents go after him yeah uh, it's also mom's fault also, that dog looks just like Vincent from Lost, and then the final shot of this movie looks like the final shot from Lost. A lot of Lost imagery going on. Oh, in is here. that where he's like laying? On he's the... laying in the grass. I just have like... always seen that as a gift. Oh, from Lost. Yeah. 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 Maybe we'll do a, a like a Lost uh, podcast. Don't fucking. Because is that horror? Don't no. Does that count? It's it's a mystery. It's not horror. 
don't get my the hopes mystery. up. It's a, it's a classic J.J. Abrams mystery box television it's, it show. It is five seasons of wonderful television. Right. All right? Don't get me. We'll watch it one day. It's hard to get attached to things we love and then be let down. <laughs> it's twice now. Three times, man. What's the third? Star Wars. Oh, you liked it more than me, I guess. We're not having that discussion right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not even open that box. We're not going to open the J.J. Abrams mystery it's box. It's fine. It's fine. You know that story, right? The mystery what? box The thing? mystery box, no. So he, I forget who gave it to him, but J.J. Abrams for years has been in possession of this box. And I, I am... There's J.J. Abrams fans listening. I am not... I don't have, like, the specifics of this, I like, just hope it wasn't Andy Samberg who gave it to him. What? Because that's his dick Oh, it's his dick in there, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, he, he has this box that... He has chosen to never open because he, at this point, knows that the mystery of what's in there is more exciting than what's actually in the box. And if that doesn't that just really like. I'm not going to blame J.J. Abrams one bit for Lost. That responsibility lies on the shoulders of two men. Lindelof and. Hughes. Although I've heard that Lindelof has has made uh, uh, more than made up for his shortcomings and lost with what uh leftovers and watchmen sure so good job man you did it yeah uh and jj abrams gave us captain phasma so i was tweeting about that yeah fun fact she's designed after phantasm like she is a reference to phantasm yeah explicitly she's captain phasma and she is all chrome and red and black i love it that's so nerdy that i'm like all right yeah it's fucking great (laughs) Okay, so I also, in quotes, I have mine. That's light. Sells right. That's one of Patrick's, uh, you know, he's a self-help guy. Oh, he loves sure. self- He loves Tony Robbins. Not like, yeah, Not one who creates it, one who no, consumes he, he it. No, he loves his tapes, and he he's like a, a Nicolas Cage and Wicker Man. He's always, he's got his tapes. You know, he fucking freaks out if his tapes go missing. <laughs> Where'd you put my tapes, wife? It's always her fault. So when they all meet up, uh, Patrick Wilson's not there. I forget how they get separated because, again, very confusing. But they all meet up and they have a great idea. Put the little kid on Travis's shoulders. Yeah. Kid sees building. Yeah. Okay, we're going to walk towards that building. Do not look the fuck away because, like, the quantum stuff in the Outer Wilds, which is a We've fucking amazing Outer, game. This, Outer Wilds was a weird game to be playing when we decided to watch this because there's a lot of similar we're like okay just make sure you don't take your eyes off this mm-hmm. thing and then it won't disappear i will say this movie does a good job of um and this is what i consider a sign of really strong writing or at least really thoughtful writing or one that they've had someone read it and then have taken like oh well why didn't they do this 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 yes. this is a movie where Every time I think, well, why would they just do this? The characters do it. And I always appreciate that. I always that. appreciate that, too, yeah. where I they know they're aware enough of their script to understand what the audience is thinking. So mm-hmm. this is one of them. I'm like, well, if the, that kid is tiny, just put him on your shoulders. And if he can see it, then make sure he just is always looking at this building and you should get to it. But, of course, the the grass itself, this like land, it trips Becky mm-hmm. and they have to check on her because she's you know pregnant. <laughs> and yeah. I think he, the kid, you know, it's just Put some stuff happens, and gone, and, yeah. and it, it, the stuff that happens is significant enough to the point where I forgot that they were even supposed to be looking for that building, and when I realized, oh, they took their eyes off it, it's yeah. it's done well. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, damn it, though, they were close, and that's when Patrick Wilson meets back up with them, uh, because he he's like, oh, you were trying to get out by, well, nothing ever stays the same here. I'll show you the way out. I'll show you the way out. He's way too excited to show them show them the way. Yeah, and he takes him to the rock. Takes him to the rock. Which, again, by this point, Tobin has already brought Travis to the rock in like a different kind of loop. Yeah. And Tobin touched it. Because he's like, oh, oh that he's feels like, good. He's like, God, that feels good. This little kid say that's so weird. I don't know why, but to me, it sounded exactly like that one G.I. Joe dub where the <laughs> fireman is like, God, that smells good. It's exactly the same delivery. It, it is, And really. it killed me. <laughs> yeah, so they're all... Because, yeah, in the short, Tobin is also really freaky. He is. He's the, never... Yeah. Tobin as, like, a guide and as a good character is not a thing in the short. He's kind of classic, creepy. Yeah, he's, he's like, kid. a antagonist of sorts. Whereas yes. in the movie, they're like, oh, we got this cute kid. Let's, he's just gonna be a good guy. He's, like, one of the, the bosses of this video game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, little kid and then the dad. They're not, like, hanging out with Tobin. 
He's just another one of the bad guys they have to oh, deal yeah, with. Oh, yeah. 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 Tobin's not on their side in the novella, which yeah. I'm fine with having the kid be a good guy. Yeah. It gives you more to, you know, latch on to. Yeah. And root for, especially since you get less Becky and Kale. Yeah. I wish we had more. The stuff with Becky is odd, especially what her story ends up being. And that she wants to keep the baby instead. <sighs> Yeah, that whole ending scene was weird. And we'll obviously get there, but like, it was all weird. I just wasn't quite sure what we were doing with it. But then also, what, in the short, it stops kind of becoming about her at all, right? Because doesn't she just kind of die and then... (laughs) Uh, No, she dies at the very end. I'm trying to remember the end, because you read this like recently. I just read it. I read it it a few months ago. I get okay. We'll we'll just get to that the, okay. that part. Oh, I forgot that when she collapses and that's what causes them to take their eye off the prize. That's when we get a lot of music video stuff. You see like grass uh, growing inside her womb. Yeah, like, where there's a, ba- there's where like there's a, a baby, and, and then there. she sees like grass-headed people, and like it's all like flashy <gasps> the grass-headed cuts people and stuff. Were cool. Yeah, that's new. That's there's new some for cool sure. visuals in this that I liked mm-hmm. quite a bit. So. Patty Wilson, P-Dubs, leads him to the rock, says it's the center of the continent, mm-hmm. and he almost gets Cal to touch it. He's so close to getting Cal to touch it, but then uh, Natalie shows up. Natalie, who is Tobin's mom, P-Dubs' wife, mm-hmm. and who is played by someone who was in Saw 3D, but a small part. Yes, that I, I saw remember. she was credited as mother. mother. What the fuck is I that? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't really remember Saw 3D. Uh, it's bad. Yeah, I know. It's real fucking That's bad. That's the one where the woman's tied down on all fours and put into an oven. Yeah, after the one, uh, it's after the scene where Jill is tied up in a yes. dream sequence in a negligee, which is after the scene where the woman is tied. Is in like the storefront. Yep. Uh, yeah. In her bra. That movie and then, yeah. has some. But, but more guys die in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. It has some things with w- women in it that are a little like, hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, hmm, just things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> Uh, so Natalie shows up and is like, yo, my husband's crazy. Yeah. Don't listen to him. Everything he's told you is a lie. Also, I saw Becky dead. Yeah. Also. Yeah. You know, everything's so fucked in this. I don't know how we're supposed to review it. It's very difficult because there's so many things that are just like, this person was dead. Now they're alive. Yeah. Now it's day. Now it's night. Uh, there's that bowling alley that they're going to get to yeah. pretty soon. Is this the scene where Patrick is finally just, he's had it with his, his wife. Yeah. His, the ball, the old ball his and chain, the, the sperm bank is another <laughs> Stephen King character may call her. Uh, he fucking grabs onto her and just crushes, crushes her, her head, head with his bare hands yeah. in front of Tobin. Yeah. In front of his kid. Yeah, it's super fucking crazy. Just something, just something to keep in mind about Tobin. Just like Tobin's seen a oh, lot seen of shit. shit, man. Um, just you know, keep that in mind for the end of this film. Another P Dub's line here is when he's trying to be like, uh, he's talking about how he went for the soft sell instead of the hard sell, but then he's like, "No, we're all good here, right, Travis? Yeah. We good? Yeah, we're, we solid. We solid now. Oh, God. Also, lots of again, Patrick Wills. Okay. Let me just, I just want to put it out into the universe because it's the beginning of 2020 and I feel like that's the time you do stuff like that. It's like resolutions and just putting things out there. You're mm-hmm. going to like, I'm going to the secret this. 2020, Patrick Wilson will be on this podcast. Oh I'm God. putting it out there. I'm going to make, right. I'm going to, I'm going to self-actualize to reference. Is that his season of Fargo? Yes. Season two. With Kirsten Dunst, right? Yeah. Where she's, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She's always talking about self-actualization or whatever. The yeah. Fuck. yeah. So I'm doing that. Please, Scream King Patrick Wilson, come be on the podcast. Okay. It's so funny because I was just, when my mom was here, um, we were talking about like just recent horror movies and we we were talking about The Conjuring and brought up Patrick Wilson and my mom was like, oh yeah, like what has he been up to? To normies, like Patrick (laughs) Wilson is just, like he was in Fargo, but like people might not be aware that he is like- What was he in before? Like what was his big stuff? Cause I know him. Watchmen. Um, oh, he's the God. original Night really Owl in that, or not the original. He is Night Owl in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember what else. I just like know. But him he, from he was in more stuff. mainstream films. Yeah, yeah, yeah for like sure. He was in Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that's right. He was. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he yeah he was a more like mainstream star, and 
now he's just all up in horror. It's and I feel like awesome. he is like, as far as I can tell, he's made quite a home for himself. Would, I mean, here. he's got to like it if he's been in because he was what insidious. Yes, Insidious. obviously all the Conjuring films. He was also, he was in Aquaman, but that's because James Wan did Aquaman. Oh, okay. So there's the horror connection. Got it. Um, You know, Bone Tomahawk. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's just all up in horror, and I love it. Yeah, I love great. it so much. Come to horror conventions, Patrick. <laughs> we have so much fun. Anyway, yeah. Our interview with him would just be the Chris Farley show on, you know, on the SNL, but he does where he's like, you remember when you were <laughs> in The Conjuring? <laughs> yeah, that was cool. <laughs> uh, oh, I have another quote from him where he's talking about, he's talking to Travis and he's like, let me guess, Travis, your lead singer in a band, you got a gig every week, at blah, blah, blah. And Travis is like, yeah, it's pretty close. And he's like, yeah, me at once upon a time, I... You know, serious youth pastor vibes from Patrick Wilson, like like cool skateboarding youth pastor. Uh, but he's like, well, you know, me and my Gibson and Jesus, we were going to rock the world. And <sighs> yeah, he says he was in a Christian rock band. That is the indie drama I want to see, like the rise and fall of this weird Christian rock band that yeah. Patrick Wilson is in. Yes. Let's do it. 824. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Freddy appears, the dog. Yes. He's alive. It is nice because, like, the dog, yeah, we see the dead dog, like, a few times, but also the dog is all, is alive at the same time also. It's weird quantum shit. Everything mm-hmm. is, the gr- being in the grass is, like, just Schrodinger's everything. Like, everything is alive and dead all at once in there. Mm-hmm. And it's not till you, like, exit the grass that it's determined. If, you know, like, if you open the box, that's what it is. Yeah think that got that right something close to that <laughs> uh freddie leads them out of the grass and into a bowling alley which is surrounded by the grass it's like they're still in the, the bowling field. alley this is a weird is. thing i yeah. think they need i think they needed to change up the because i think so too i think they needed a change of scenery because yeah. it's so hard to have a movie that's only in one location it can feel stale all, and boring yeah so if they're just in this field for 90 minutes this is also an hour 40 uh yeah. you know after reading the novella i was like this has gotta be an 80 minute movie no it's hour 40 hour 40 so uh yeah they go to this the bowling, bowling alley is alley. weird though i because i i get why like visually why it's there mm-hmm. and it makes it a bit more interesting and they're able to kind of be on another level you know they can climb stuff and there's more stuff to interact with and it gives them a spot to hide from patrick wilson for a bit but i liked the feeling of in the the novella that the church is the only building yeah and it's like i feel like that's it's the church the, it's the church of the rock yeah i think it's if you smell yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they go to this bowling alley and they go up on the roof to like look around at their surroundings and it's here where they see the dog blip through yeah he goes of- like behind a tuft of grass near them yeah and then emerge on the road, yes. like out of the grass. So this is another weird difference. And this was like a choice they must have had to have made because unlike, I think, when you're writing something, and I could be wrong, the the grass in the movie feels like it is a, not necessarily like it's it's not ever changing, but I think it has like set like holes in it where you can leave. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think like, the maze that is the grass is like ever changing mm. we're like it's like manipulating itself to make you lost it's just imp- it's just hard to navigate whereas i, I think in the, they short, do the jump the the jumps are supernaturally I, yeah i guess but then why apart. would there be like a little hole where the dog can get out this is why it's got 37 percent. oh no <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah i do like the idea that there is a way out for them that because like there's not in the not they're fucked in the short story as soon as they enter that i almost want to believe that there is a way the dog is able to leave because the dog at one point touched the rock and that's why it can leave <laughs> lick the rock yeah or like peed on it and had like you <laughs> it know goes up knows the stream. what out. is that from is that a fucking uh Anaconda? oh freddie freddie comes back to life freddie krueger oh, when the dog pisses yes, on his corpse right. okay in i was junkyard. thinking of like the the 
fish and anaconda. Oh, no, but then also Leprechaun in space. He comes back when a guy pees on his corpse. He goes through his pee hole and comes out. Amazing. That's ha- I love that that's happened more than once. And of course, it's Freddy and the Leprechaun who yeah, did it. They're of nasty. Course. They nasty They're boys. nasty. So they, they're like, oh, we can just follow that dog through that hole. And then Travis trips and Cal grabs him at first, and, and then, then like, like lets him go. He hears like voices and lets him go, and uh, and Travis this is falls. after this is after two important things. One, this is after a big argument that they all have. Oh yeah, where Travis is like, "You want to fuck your sister, and you're gross, and you're jealous of me." And then Cal is like, "Yeah, well, you dropped out of high school, and you're in a shitty band." And that takes place after. They get a weird phone call from the future. Oh, yeah. It's from, from, and I don't know if we were supposed to know this, but we had captions on, so it said Becky's voice over the phone, and it's like, don't let Cal hurt Travis, yeah. or else we'll keep making the same mistakes. Yeah. So, yeah, they got that phone call, which is, I like that. Yeah, sure. Time loopy shit. And it's, that always is interesting when it's done right. I think it's it's done pretty well here where you get like a something from the future that is trying to stop you from doing something in the past. And then when you get to that point in the future where they make that phone call felt organic. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like, oh, shit, we wrote in this phone call earlier. So we have to have her do this. It felt completely natural and like inappropriately motivated for her to be like, oh, man, I got to call them and try and change this. And then it just it adds to the feeling of just hopelessness because yeah. it all feels so yeah unchangeable yeah so uh yeah travis falls and i guess we're meant to think he died for a minute he didn't but he's out of commission and so cal and now patty wilson's back yeah and uh cal grabs becky and is like we gotta get out of here and tobin's with them too but before they can go becky realizes oh i think you you probably hurt Travis, yeah, so right? so I'm going back into the grass because fuck you. Yeah, so she runs off on her own. I don't know then... if I would ever be that pissed. I mean, I get why she's pissed, but like go back into the grass pissed mm-hmm. and get lost forever and attacked by Patrick Wilson pissed? I don't know. Well, before he can get her, he's going to attack Cal because he, ru- he gets Cal in, in the grass and then Cal starts to run away from him. And he like swerves and uh, Patty Wilson's there to meet him and tackles him. And he's like, I I know what you're thinking. What if I just went left instead of right? But you didn't just make one choice. You made every choice. And they all led back to me. And then he strangles him to death. And while he's strangling him to death, Cal looks over and sees a line of other dead cows. Uh, Yeah. In uh, various states of decay. So are we supposed to get from that that all of this has happened so many different times. I think so. Not just like the one time we've seen everything played out. It's just happened a bunch yeah, of times. Yeah, that's the thing is like, this is such a heady take on this. Because like we said, none of this time stuff is in no, the No, the closest thing we get to any kind of looping is just the fact that the grass geographically doesn't make sense. Like, it, it's more spatial are shifting. Yeah, it's like, than time. Yes. Whereas this is all this time loop stuff. And like, l- listen, I love it. But you gotta, it's gotta have a payoff and uh, just some semblance of understanding for the audience because that imagery of Cal looking over and seeing a bunch of dead cows is very creepy. Very cool. I just wish it. I just couldn't even begin to explain what the fuck's happening here. Yeah. I wish. How the rock figures into it. Yeah. How does the rock figure into this (laughs) with all these jabronis (laughs) playing the SmackDown? Over and over and over <laughs> yeah, again. Just endless rock endless, bottoms. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Endless people's elbows. That's the rock, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, like in stuff like this. I always need more of a like. I need hard rules for time and space fuckery they can be revealed it, gradually but give but us the, something to like afterward be like oh yeah that's why this was like i'm that, trying to think of movies that do it really well i mean 12 monkeys. 12 monkeys does it well um honestly happy death day does it well the first one mm-hmm. what's the uh uh movie with the like water tower or whatever and the weird mask oh um um time crimes time crimes time I crimes is one satisfied. Yes, that one, okay, that might actually be the best example of one that, like, that movie has rules, and I don't think it ever breaks them. That'd be worth a rewatch, because I barely remember That it. one's a good, yeah, that one's yeah. a good one. That might be one we could do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. is that a horror, do you think? Oh, I don't know. I, that's <laughs> so- the thing is, some, you don't, you know, 
I always just want to like push the boundary a little bit so I can just review movies I want to watch yeah. that I want to rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. Whew, okay. And primer, but primer is also confusing as shit. Yeah, primer, you need a fucking flow chart to understand. Yeah. Travis wakes up from his little spill off the roof and he goes into the grass and somehow he and uh, Becky wind up lying on their backs in the grass talking to each other. And I really like this moment where they're like, talking and then they reach out hands through the grass and because he's like i i wish you were here and she's like i'm right here and they like almost touch mm-hmm. hands uh as if the grass were allowing them to be close to each other but then she's pulled away by patty wilson yeah who like i i was like are they gonna include this stuff oh me too you know it's like the rape threat it's like weird rape threat he's like i'm gonna go rape you on a rock yeah and i was like oh are they gonna put that in there they did they did and it's it's uncomfortable. They also included the eye stab. Yeah, she stabs him in the eye with a little scissors. There's little scissors, yeah, because they, they it's like the mom's fanny pack mm. that fell on the ground, and so she stabs him with scissors. Ooh, it's so gross. It's like those little nail scissors. Yeah, and so she starts to get away after stabbing him in the eye, but then she gets swarmed by the grasshead grass people. people. What the fuck are these grasshead people, this man? This is not a thing from the story. And no, they look creepy. like they're from the Lion King stage show, I think. Yes. I've never seen... Okay, good. No, there's a part in that <laughs> where it's like these ladies come out with... Um, they're holding, like... They have, like, boxes of basically grass on their head so it's like they're the ground and they have little puppets like tiny versions of the lions that are like walking around on top of the grass like they're farther away yeah yeah okay i could i could see (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're like lion king music so they swarm her and this is that overhead shot that i think you referred to earlier with the grass like kind of breathing in and out and the one midsummery yeah and the one guy's head is like a spiral of grass yeah it's creepy creepy. and uh when she wakes up because she like passes out i guess she's oh yeah but not before she the ground fucking opens up next to her and there's like people well that's she wakes up next to the rock oh that's when that the is. ground in front of the rock starts to open up and yeah there's just like a, there's all these people that are like part of the mud they're, they're like roots and in there skeletons it's so weird i guess it's meant to be all the people who have been, been trapped, trapped by there. the field in yeah the tall grass yeah i'm not 100 percent sure so is that like inevitably what happens to anyone who gets stuck in there and dies i guess but now she's starting to have her baby that's right yeah and then she blacks out basically while she's having the baby Mm -hmm. and this whole time she has been because she's pregnant so it's like she's gonna be hungrier than normal i i can't even fathom doing a road trip as a pregnant lady because i feel (laughs) like i have to pee all the time anyway and having to pee and you're pregnant oh man that's annoying for everyone on that (laughs) trip (laughs) but she this whole time she's like look i need to like i'm super pregnant i need somewhere to lay down i need to eat i need water so then she wakes up and this is her brother is right next to her again like we've said the brother is very obsessed with taking care of his sister and he i think kind of like sprinkles a wet rag on her and then he starts feeding her and by the way if you if you like to you know eat spaghetti and listen to the podcast (laughs) just put the spaghetti away (laughs) if that's a thing you like to do why he's only feeding her grass it's what that's right it's just grass Grass and seeds and stuff right right it all the time good god uh this this is the part that having read the the short story i'm just waiting to see how they do it uh the brother is is feeding her and she is like oh man it's delicious finger licking good apparently if i remember her kind of inner you know mm-hmm. her monologue at that point and then she's like dude what is this and like we we know what it is because now we're starting to see it's bloody and she says wait a minute it tastes like yeah. me yeah because it turns out it's not her brother it's patrick wilson and he's feeding her the baby the ba- patrick wilson is feeding her the baby but in the book it was cal in the book, it is Cal, because in the book, uh, she just kills Patrick. Uh, she kills Ross uh, by stabbing him yeah. in the eye and with the scissors, and she runs away, I think collapses, and then she, she is eating and is described in it's graphic disgusting. detail the way that, as sardines. It yeah, tastes like sardines. Like stringy. Stringy, like, like, like a lot she's of that. slurping it. Yep. Um, oh, 
It's so gross. And then I, and I, Tobin's there and he says it's scrum diddly umptious. That's right. And uh, yes. Cal, they include this line in the thing, but Cal says uh, uh, out of the out of the oven and baked to perfection. That's right. Which, which is, is, you know, bun in the oven, yeah. but also food. And also the most Stephen King way to describe yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Like in like a commercial jingle way. Also straight from the novella is the uh, aren't you the mother Mary wonder when the wise men will show up. Yeah. <laughs> This is a change I don't love, though, the fact that it's Patrick Wilson feeding well, Carol's her. dad. I know, but I'm saying that's, yeah. I think what's so creepy to me about it in the story is that it is Cal. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, like, like I said, him. that is his calm. That's like what The Rock has, like, taken from him and so insanely exaggerated is his need to care for her. And that's where it, it ends up is he is so focused on her. She's the most important thing that he's going to, like provide for her no matter what and if that means feeding her her own baby who which was a miscarriaged baby yes it was dead when it came out yeah and that's that all that's, that's extremely descriptive too yeah is that birth process yeah the the story's fucking gross don't they eat the baby and mother too i think they'd rip it they apart. rip it apart i'm pretty sure Spoilers they eat it for mother. yeah I think people left the theater at that part. People left the fuck out of that theater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone on Reddit is, talks all about how Mother was the movie they've seen where most people have walked out. I love the movie. I love that movie too. <laughs> Honestly, if a movie, if, if I hear people are leaving a movie, I'm like, I gotta go see that. <laughs> oh, that movie is so fucked up. Uh, yeah. I think they eat the baby in that too. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, the whole symbolism, they would have to. Right. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> of symbolism. But that's that, why. But that, like, so I think just like remembering how grossed out I was in the short story by like the description of it, and it's so drawn out, and you're you just have to live with that whole sequence for so long that I felt a little let down by it in the movie. Yeah, I think because you, you think kind the of baby eating could have been done better. I think it could have felt like more of a. I don't know. I wish I'd felt more devastated by it. More horrific. I wish it had felt more led to. Mm-hmm. Again, like I wish they had really stuck with, you know, Cal being obsessed with her and this being like, oh, this is where this has taken him rather than it feels kind of out of. It just feels like fucked up to be fucked up, even though it is from the story. Yeah. It just the, the like road we took to it here. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think if I watched this and I hadn't read the story, I would have felt like it came out of nowhere. But I do like the idea that I think earlier Patrick Wilson says, like, everything is grass. When he kills the mom, he's like, it's all grass. Whatever. Oh, yeah, we flush is grass, whatever, man. It's all, and it, it, that goes into, like, the whole, it's the time loop thing. Everything is endless. Like, when we die, we become grass. Everything is part of it. It's, you know, everything is all everything uh, you know yeah we're all made of the same stuff mm-hmm. so the fact that it's like oh yeah no big deal I'll just feed you your baby it's what cows do apparently <laughs> animal expert patrick wilson <laughs> i don't know I, so, I yeah i don't remember exactly how that ends but travis winds up finding her I know she, she, yeah, we think maybe she's either dead or like, but she blinds, she completely blinds Patrick Wilson somewhere around here. She like hits him with a rock. So now he's like blinded in both eyes. Well, he's fighting Travis. Yeah. They end up in a fight. He stabs Travis with a bone that he reaches into the earth to grab, which is kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Travis wins out by banging his head against the rock and then strangling him with grass. Yeah. Which is good. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then she dies. I think it's like right around when she, you know, I think she uses that little, that like necklace to like stab him in the eye. Oh, okay. I think that's what that is. Which the necklace just, it all of a sudden started being important throughout the movie. Like it wasn't made important until it was. It's and a it was vi- like, yeah, totally a visual. Mm-hmm. It, I wonder if it was a kind of last minute, like they, Maybe not last minute, but it was a thing where they realized, oh, how are we going to get the audience to understand? Or how are we going to visually signify to the audience that Becky and Cal at the end of this Mm -hmm. understand that they've been here before? Yeah, because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first time it shows up is when Travis finds Becky dead. Yeah. And the first time early on, and he like finds her necklace there. Yeah. Not sure. Like a crab. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. It's like a They go to a lot of weird tourist 
That's the that's thing. like a that's Myrtle like the Beach only, keychain. That's the only holdover, I think, from the whole like we were stopping at weird places on the road trip yeah. aspect. But uh, that I think he like gave to her. Oh, you think? I think that's something where okay. like maybe because I I think that they're just like into that shit. It just okay. yeah, like I said, it screams like Myrtle Beach boardwalk <laughs> or something. Travis touches the rock. Travis touches the rock. That's right. Fuck it at this point. Because after Becky dies, he's like, fuck it. The rock will tell me how to get out. Yeah, I that need, I need to at least get out. It's like, uh, it's like the rock will tell you how to get out, but you won't want to. So Travis touches the rock. And because he is good. I guess. Not like Patrick Wilson. He uses his rock powers <laughs> for good and teleports. Well, he tells Tobin, you don't belong here and don't let them in. And then he like picks up Tobin fucking puts him back in time (laughs) in the church yeah uh I don't know how to describe how this he like picks up Tobin and is like boop and puts him in yeah into the church that is across the road I love the design of the church by the way I think it's neat that the windows are not quite explicitly grass but the patterns are swirly and like greens and yellows and like I get what they were going for it's kind of neat um and so, okay, Tobin is in this church and he opens the door to the road and he sees Becky and Cal from before they went into the grass. And like, he hears yeah, himself yelling for them and runs over. He's a dirty ass little kid, just like, don't go in there. That's me. And don't listen to, you know. And you're Cal and you're Becky and Travis is your baby daddy. Yeah, and, also, uh, here's, here's, this key, here's your this Joe's Crab Shack <laughs> keychain. And that does it. Becky's like, oh shit, Cal. We've been back. here before. I get it. Time travel's real. We need to go. And here's the thing what I was talking about with this ending that I thought was so bizarre is like it culminates in her being like, I'm going to keep the baby, which is fine. A fine character choice. But the way that Cal reacts to this, like I just, okay, just imagine like this kid, you, this kid shows up, makes you realize that you've like probably died inside of this field before. <laughs> Time travel is real. Like, quantum shifting is like a real thing like and now you have this weird dirty kid in your backseat and his reaction is what about the family in san diego like dude fuck the family in san diego and then he even is like you want to take this kid to the police station that means driving back the way we came who fucking cares we have a weird kid in our backseat that's fair and like entirely fair do you know what i mean i just don't think he would be like but that's 10 minutes the other way like (laughs) yeah i don't care yeah it just is such weird writing for the end of this to have cal be like oh but we just came from there it's like yeah and we have a strange child in our car (laughs) who is mentally just fucked for the rest of his life tobin has seen everything and that's why i said to keep in mind all the stuff like he Baby eaten. He saw his mom's head get crushed by his dad's bare hands. Like her eyeball, like fucking pops out. He saw his dog die he's a few seen, times. Like, yeah, yeah, he's seen like everyone die so many times, and he remembers all of it. And mm-hmm. he traveled through time, dude. Yeah, it's fucked up. Uh, they drive off, and the last shot is poor Travis. Yeah, who, who was all dirty and tired, and he just gave. He, himself to let them I think live. he like I think the implication is he yeah has given himself to the grass so that they can escape which makes me wonder so in this timeline now of oh, yeah, they never go is Travis? there another Travis who doesn't have to go looking for them or right? is it like Travis has given himself to the grass therefore Travis is like removed from all versions of reality who and knows, man. do people go looking for him? Uh-oh, maybe. Which that... The last shot of this is the Jack Shepard shot of him yeah, laying yeah, down yeah. the grass. In the novella, uh, they feed her the baby. Uh, I think she dies or whatever. Or they, they feed her the baby, and that's like the end of that. And it and basically is just Cal and Tobin like living in the grass, being like weird grass people. And the, well, No, there's the little epilogue scene where like a bunch of hippies roll up yeah. to the same spot, and they hear them yelling in the uh, grass and they're like, well, we'll go fuck it. Yeah. Like Stephen King hippies. Yeah. They're like, oh, we'll go they help They are now out. the Patrick Wilsons of the grass. Yeah. They are now continuing the cycle of getting people to come into the field. Yeah. So like, okay, if it is a thing where people go looking for Travis, that makes, you know, that's more in line with the original yeah. ending. But I don't know. That's why I'm, I get frustrated with, like, I don't know the rules of I know. I, I want a little, few more rules. I don't need everything explained, but. Yeah, but I need more boundaries. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's fine. 
Um, I yeah, it's entertaining. Everyone in it's good. Yeah, pa- solid. I, Patrick I like seeing Wilson Patrick Wilson mustache. as a bad guy. Me too. He's always the good guy because he's a good guy. Seems like so. his like you know he has like a good guy face. Mm-hmm. But his his performance in this made me think that in yet another remake of The Shining, he'd be a great. He'd be a good Jack, Jack Torrance. Torrance fan for sure. Because he would be the the book version where you believe he's a good dude, and then he can play crazy scary. Yeah, yeah very. That's good. a version of that character we'll never get to see, but <laughs> I think would be pretty neat. So, yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd recommend it if you want something kind of mind fucky. If you love Stephen King, because uh, it's got enough Stephen King elements to it, I think. If you like mind fucky stuff, sure, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I, it sounds appealing, I don't think well. it's bad. Yeah. I just think like that's that's a hard it's story to adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All Good right. to be back mm-hmm. on the podcast. Uh, if you didn't know, Kill Counts have a new schedule. You can look that video up. And uh, we'll be doing stuff next week on the podcast. We got some, I mean, Radio Silence. Whoops. Radio Silence just emailed us. Oh, yeah. Asking the to team come on. behind Ready or Not. Fuck yeah, dude. So that's going to be. We'll just, hopefully have them on soon. Yeah. I don't know what we'll what we'll do. We're just going to hang out. Sure. Maybe we'll just hang out. <laughs> be a chill hangout episode. Okay. Yeah. So we got a lot of fun stuff in store for this year. Uh, in addition to our wedding in October. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. So thank you so much. Welcome back. And hope you're having a good, your year's off to a good start. That's what I hope. Yeah. Uh, follow us on social media at Dead Meat James on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Carebeck, C-A-R-E-B-E-C-C on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, com. Email DeadMeatPod if you want. Yeah. At gmail.com. Yes. Yes. Uh, cool. Until next week, I'm James. I'm Chelsea. This has been the Dead Meat Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,